0: CliffCentral.com Hands in the air! Are you a champion today? I feel like a champion today. Are you a champion today? You need to tell yourself these type of things every single time. Thank you very much for tuning in. This is Unplugged and In Charge right here on CliffCentral.com. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. We always appreciate that uh, you indeed are want to be part of the tribe of superstar leaders. My name is Weza. Weza the maestro. Weza that guy. And uh, I'm always not here alone. I have a couple of really gr- close companions with me. These guys right here, ride or die. These guys are the ones we've built this from the ground up with our bare hands. I'm talking about Lesiko Mapunga. Are you in the building? Uh, I'm 100%. How are you doing? I'm great, man. I'm fantastic. Chill, 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 chill. chill. And, uh, of course, we also have to have the ever so talented Mr. Von the Everything.
1: What's happening, brother?
0: <laughs> How you doing, bro? I'm
1: good, man. It's good to, it's good to be back on the air, man. Yeah. It's like the one hour of the week where I just chill, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy yeah. myself.
0: Definitely. Yeah, because you need to. And yeah. uh, this is definitely the shortest hour of the week. I For always real? feel like it because um, um, every. So often You need to have You know Conversations where you can Try to learn something Build yourself yeah. Grow in one way or the other, and, and I love the fact that we could have this type of roundtable where we can have chats about things like that as well and of course uh, we 've got a tribe of superstar leaders who listen to the show religiously, and that 's a great thing you know guys who are also trying to grow and, 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 and we, you know the type of people we bring on it 's always to try and make sure we can learn yeah. something as young people so and being uh, part I of mean, the movement yeah, being part of the mm-hmm. movement yeah. and, um, and that 's pretty much what we always try to do, you know. Um, I'd like to share something I learned today Uh, Let's actually try to do that Um, Have you guys learned anything special this week? Maybe something that was rather profound And you thought, hmm, this is actually something I could take with me on the journey to life Or maybe you would like to share it right now I learned something, I'll I'll start first Uh, So, I was listening to Brian Tracy And this is something that he said maybe about 10 years ago Maybe more than 10 years ago um, Was that um, life is like um, a 3D mirror and whatever you you see around you has been a cause of what goes in in within you you know there's there's a lot of things that are written about this already but um um if you imagine life like that like life is a mirror so everything that you see is is because of what you are within now most people especially people who might not know this really well um they see the world and they see things that are wrong on the mirror and they try to smash the mirror and and blame the mirror, blame external factors for what they see in their lives. Whereas wise people realize that whatever they see is a result of whatever they are on the inside and they realize that I need to change something Internally, with, yeah, 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 it's, it's almost like looking at a mirror and seeing that, um, let's say, for instance, you were applying makeup and you see that, you know, you got smudge on your, on your mouth, right? And yeah. let's say right there by your chin, it's like a, a red mark on your chin. And then you start smashing the mirror and, and blaming the mirror for not portraying you the right way. Mm. Instead of that, a wise person would say, hmm, the mirror is trying to show me something that is wrong with me. Let me change me. And you actually touch yourself rather than touch the mirror and you wipe it off your face instead of actually trying to correct the The mirror mirror. yeah Yeah. yeah. and often at times when we get feedback from the universe or the outside world we quick to blame and point fingers and no von doesn't like me you know he's always got a thing or you know we we always quick to to blame the mirror yeah. Rather than just looking at ourselves and saying, "Hmm, what can I change?" change yeah. About you know whether this is relationship-wise, whether this is um, you know financial-wise, career, uh, whatever it is. But mm. normally, this is something you know. This is the way the world works. And I felt, wow, this is actually something pretty profound. And I thought, let me come and share it with you guys today. Mm.
1: Mm. That's that's crazy, man. I think uh, I think it's always good to to look inside first. Like a lot of people don't don't ever you know analyze themselves inside because they find it uncomfortable you know what i'm saying like it's it's hard to call yourself out but i think uh, you know i don't know man for me um for me i think my my lesson is not as sort of philosophical my i kind of like uh, just came to a realization you know earlier this week uh, that you know one one thing that hinders progress or not not progress man like how, like, how do i say this we we all talk about um being busy and having a lot of things to do you know um Mm. and i feel like you know over the last couple of weeks i've been doing so many different things man i've been handling like so many different things and um making and making them work um and actually learning how to make them work all of these things at once you know what i'm saying and uh, i think one thing young people do or not young people only but a lot of people in general do is that they look for the excuses why they can't do something or why something might be difficult you know Mm. Not the excuses, almost like the reasons why, because the reasons always exist why something can't work. And the reasons always exist why you can't get something done, right? It's just whether you choose to like, um, look for those reasons and dig for them and focus on the reasons why you can't, as opposed to like just getting it done and just doing it, just changing your mindset and your outlook on things and saying, mm. you know, what? I'm busy, I am, I'm swamped, I've got this, I've got that. But you know what? At the end of the day, I'm gonna do this. I'm just gonna do it. I'm not going to think about why I can't. And just getting into that space where you, where you you're living in a space where you just got this mindset where i 'm just going to get shit done mm. you know you 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 end up taking a lot of leaps forward yeah um, as opposed to like as opposed to frustrating yourself talking talking to yourself about how you 're not going to get it done and how there is no time and how x, y and z mm. you know what i mean it's just about changing your outlook on that thing so i've been I've been working on doing that and uh yeah it 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 kind of in you know the, the i think the inverse effect of changing your mindset to that space is that it just motivates you. It's just like you know you're your own cheerleader, and you are yeah. just like, "Hey man, let's just let's just get this thing done, bro. Let's just, it's, let's a, work."
0: It's very important to be your own cheerleader. It's it's interesting yeah. that you say that because a lot of us normally want cheers from outside, but we yeah. fail to be our own cheerleaders, and, yeah. and that's sometimes more important than the cheers you're gonna get from outside because yeah. the 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 uh, the crowd doesn't actually roll as loud as it Roars in your mind. It, like you imagined this huge yeah. applause when you score the try, and then when you score it. It's it's like like those three parents that are like, that's my child right there. And you're thinking, shucks, I was expecting like a whole stadium, you know. And sometimes you must realize that you're playing an away game. And it's not always going to be that way. But you need to just recognize your achievement for what it is and just move on. Listen to what's on your mind.
1: It's true. It's
0: crazy. So, uh, you know, we do two shows, right? So we do Take Charge (laughs) on Taz Central and we do Unplugged on Cliff Central. So we spoke about there, and am going leak it onto here. I came in and I said, you know what, um, there's a difference between what people say and what people do. Mm. So you don't judge a tree by the fruit it talks about, you judge a tree by the fruit it bears. And I'll give you an example. So the whole gender roles thing, you know, do you want to be an independent woman, et cetera, et cetera, or do you still want the man to provide and, you know, whose job is who? And um, for me, it's not so much a realization, but it's more cementing of what I already know that... People say one thing and they do another. And that's just society in general. So, um, it's very important not to get, um, caught up in the trap. And I mean, Devon said it's very difficult to call yourself out on things that you're doing wrong. Mm. And people will rather call other people out than to call themselves out. Yeah. Yeah. Very profound. Well, it's always great to, you know, to hear what you guys have to say. And, um, actually, I, sometimes I actually want to know from you, you. Yeah, you listening right now? Uh, what do you think about, you know, certain things? Like, it's really great to get your feedback. In fact, sometimes we actually would like you to even contribute in terms of topics. If you have anything that you really feel like, wow, this is a great thing. Can we talk about this, or can we research this a bit, and um, you know, uh, ha- have a an insightful person come and chat about it, and so on? We we really like that. In fact, you can email us at radio at unplugged and incharge dot com. Yeah, email us. Tell us what you want, and uh, um, producer Sporkusi will, you know, will check it out. And um if it's really great, we will make sure we get a proper person in. We have a chat about the things that are really concerning you right now, because that's what we want to do. We want to create a platform where we can digest and converse around things that, you know, things that are relevant to to us at this stage in our lives cool so um we about to get some guests in right now these guys right here are are actually answering an important question for us this is going to be pretty interesting um uh, producer small what do we have on the lineup for today Yo, it's gonna be a very interesting show today. Mm-hmm. Um, we've gonna to, we're gonna have uh, guests. Uh, we're actually having one of one of young people that are in South Africa that are actually doing it very great for themselves. Yeah, within the music industry. Uh-huh. Uh huh. His name go, he goes by the name of Maraza. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. You're not talking about me na we not Exactly. Doing too. That okay. Exactly. So he's yeah, gonna yeah. be in the show to tell us a bit about uh, more about what he's all about. I mean, he's he's actually uh, making a lot of young people go crazy. Mm-hmm. And then the the other second half of the show we're gonna ha-
1: also have guests, which. um
0: yeah, we're going to have some um, really big people, right? Maraza, exactly. looks
1: a, Maraza looks a bit like JR, though. Is really? Yeah. <laughs> the way he looks. This yeah.
0: Way yeah, well, yeah. We'll, see. Yeah. we'll see. Yeah, They're going to come through to the show. People must just tune in. They must make sure that they um, they, they, they yeah. interact with us on social media. Whatever, yeah. whatever questions they want to ask, they must just tag us, uh, yeah. DM us, and they must not forget to also nominate their… Um, Young um, Achiever of the Week. Exactly. So Unplugged, uh, Unplugged Achiever of the Week. Exactly. We need those as well, yeah. Thank you very much. Mm, cool stuff. So we're going to start off first with uh, some gentlemen from Audio Militia. Now, these guys right here are going to be telling us a thing or two about um, um, how to be Major successful within the music industry. Now, when I'm talking about major success, I mean something really crazy. Now, um, um, Vaughn, you're already in the music space right now. Are you making millions? I, I want to know. Can <laughs> no. we make millions in the music space?
1: Yeah, you definitely can. Um, I think there are a lot of different ways to to make music uh, to make uh, money in the music industry. Yeah, um, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear hear the, the the gentleman's perspective on 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 their approaches. But I mean. Yeah, man, uh, that's the, that's the aim, I think, in any kind of business you go into. Uh, and it's just about how you approach it and how you navigate the industry because the industry is really cutthroat. It's really difficult. It's challenging. There's a lot of loopholes. There's a lot of, um, you got to build right relationships and you got to have the right people around you if you really Mm. want to make good, good money out of the, out of the industry. So, uh, yeah, it's possible. Um, we just gotta figure out the, the right way.
0: Cool. So it's two ways to make millions in the music industry. <laughs> Let's find out. I've got some two gentlemen right here. I'm hoping they're millionaires by now. And if they're not, they're going to tell us exactly how far they are. Maybe they're like two rands short of being a millionaire. If they're not already millionaires. These guys are the, um, if I'm not mistaken, the CEOs or directors. What's the right <laughs> term?
2: Well, um, my title at work is executive producer. Executive producer. I
0: want to say it with that, you know, that voice. I of like voice. That. Do it executive again. producer. Love it. All right, cool. We got an executive producer and a,
3: um, I guess you could consider me like the ECD executive creative
0: director. Executive creative director. Yeah. I,
3: I just write <laughs> music. That's all I did, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right.
0: Gentlemen, you represent audio militia. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right, cool. I mean, let's get to know you first. I mean, you haven't even introduced your Yourselves. Just tell us who you are, how you grew up, and uh, and then tell us a bit about Audio Militia.
3: Cool, cool man. My name's Paul. Um, I'm, as I said, the head composer at Audio Militia. Yeah. Um, I'll give a very brief kind of background of what Audio Militia does. Yeah. Our main focus is original composition for um, TV commercials, radio commercials, games. Um, Anything that requires music, that's kind of our business, yeah. And we compose music from scratch. Wow, you know, so a client Mm. will come to us and say, "Listen, we've made this game, and we really want, um, like an energetic piece of music or whatever Mm. to complement the the, what's going on on screen." And then we'll actually compose that music from scratch. Oh, cool! To complement that, so.
0: Pretty interesting. Okay. Um, okay. So that's, that's, that's Paul right there. Yes. And then we zoom into, to Nick. to Nick. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So my name is Nick. Like I said, I'm the executive producer. I'll give you a little bit of background about myself. Um, I, uh, went to National School of Arts and, um, there I actually did art, mm-hmm. uh, fine art. Um, and then I discovered that I really liked music because Kirk Cobain, arrived and uh, <laughs> and he kind of like infiltrated every inch of me and um, music kind of took over and I started a band um, uh, early on and uh, we we started, geez, I think, about 13 years ago. Okay. Me and Paul met, uh, and, and you uh, guys
0: were in a band yeah, together, yeah, okay. for a
2: long, long time, and yeah. we're still playing together oh, um, cool. at the moment. So, 13 so years later, so you were, later. what? Were you so the? I'm the drummer. Okay, and the drummer. Paul's, Paul's the guitarist. Oh, okay. So we are playing a band called Newtown Knife Gang together as yeah, yeah. well. So we see each other literally all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so we started. um uh, playing in a band together, um, Paul started a, a music studio, mm. um, and I started a, a um, basically a, a design business mm. and started getting into music and eventually made my own music studio a year later. Yeah. And, um, called Audio Boutique and mm. Paul had Audio Militia. Mm. And then we pretty much uh, came together a couple of years later. We used to, Pitch against each other, which was quite hilarious. Interesting. Uh, Yeah, me and Paul didn't have any problems with it, but Craig, uh, uh, Paul's business partner, uh, and now my business partner, had a a little bit of an issue with it because we're all mates and he didn't like it at all. And uh, we decided to join forces. And and uh, kept both businesses and grew it from there.
0: Yeah. Okay. This is pretty interesting because yeah. you guys started off playing music. You were the drummer. And um, um, Paul, you were the guitarist. Guitarist. You guys were just jamming. You were friends. You were just chilling. And then you decided, hey, let me start a business. At what age were you at this time?
3: Um, I must have been about twenty. 20- Two at the time. You're
0: 22 years old, yeah. and you're saying, "Okay, let me start a business. Okay, let me yeah. go into business for myself instead of going after, you know, a, a normal occupation, just like every other, you know, um, person that is musically inclined or even creatively inclined. Most of the guys try to find a big corporate and just mm. sink in there. Sure. And you decided, hey, let me, you know, grab the bull by the horns and let me make my own.
3: Yeah, totally. I mean, it was always a case of of thinking how we could. Make money writing music, yeah, and it's not easy in this in this country, as yeah. you guys mentioned um, initially. You know, unless you're, um, you know, in a genre of music that is really popular and you've got a really big fan base, mm. it's it's hard. I mean, we we write music for a rock band, Newtown Knife Gang, you know, and it's really really hard to sustain yourself of that. And the goal was just to find out how we could make money in music, you know. So we um, explored different avenues and composition for TV commercials and mixing for TV commercials was was one of those avenues. And we Mm -hmm. just discovered very quickly that being the people who we are, very driven and very passionate, if we compose and create a a great product and at the same time give great service, we'll – we'll acquire clients who are like, you know, will stick with us for life.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think the, the commercial side of it, like the, the advertising space, the movie space, the series and those, those type of things, um, is where you know big, big, big money lies, mm. uh, and having and it's, it's a very, it's a very uh, an important thing you mentioned there is like the three sixty offering mm. is is being able to compose the music, maybe write the melody, even conceptualize. I mean, if you're coming from a design and a creative perspective, mm. you conceptualize campaigns. I think like a lot of a lot of people looking for that solution, and music being such a powerful medium, you know, if you can provide, if you can provide the product. And clean the product up and master it, mix it, um, and I don't know if you guys license it, if you own mm. your publishing. Correct. You know that that type of that type of space and operating in in that space, I found like a lot of people I've spoken to have made more money. Doing that almost like the dirty work in 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 commas, mm. and it's not about the glam and the the fame, mm. but they Absolutely. they make like a, a hell of a good in, income stream, uh, mm. and and uh, end up setting themselves up for 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 the rest of their lives, you know. Yeah. So I don't know I don't know what what triggered that um, idea. Was it uh, is it if, if you when you say you researched and you say you, you had a look, was it a thing of watching an ad and wondering who who composes that and well, then figuring it out, or did for, you?
2: For me, it, it was more based not on um, in like looking at how much money we can make in a sense. Okay. For me, it was just purely based on passion. That was it. I love making music. I mm. love being in a band. That was Amazing. it. Mm. There's nothing else. Um, so I, th- I think you've got to approach it in that way. What's driving you? Why are you doing this? You'll be successful doing whatever you want. I truly believe that. Mm. You've just got to be passionate, driven, diligent, um, and be honest and have some integrity there's a lot of people that will come in and undercut and do all these things so we've we've also taken a position to educate people that come into our industry Mm. um i mean at the moment uh like we we've gone from strength to strength so we started with two guys um having one studio pretty much um we are now at eight um studios in total Mm. we have a um our own legal director as well because music's actually extremely complicated. Mm. So we have a, have a, a legal director that has come in. He's actually an advocate at the high court, at Whoa. the high court that yeah. specializes in IP and we've helped artists as well because um, you know there 's so many horror stories where young guys will walk in um and sign deals just because they amped like yeah, I did yeah. it, and they deal. literally sign their lives away or, that, yeah. or like
1: if there's an advance or it, yes it, you know, exactly it's, it's such a like clever fishing tool that labels that labels use yes um and yeah you 're right you 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 technically you sign away your the only thing you own which is Correct. your your music and your creativity you you essentially yes. give it away for yes. a a price that's mm-hmm. it yeah. mm.
2: so we've we've had to kind of learn all of that. So mm. that's where I've kind of come in and nice. taken a look at the deals and really understand how music works and how to protect people. Nice. Um, so it's been really, really important because if we don't do it, we'll sit in a situation where there will be no more um, producers or, or post-production houses nice. and things like that. So, so we have to protect what we have. And thank goodness South Africa still has that. Um, in its constitution, I mean, uh, government at the moment is, is trying to tr- change the copyright laws. And there's some mm. very scary things that they're trying to pass. And it could ruin music in our country. like Really? Real. What, yes. what, what, what are some of those things? Um, there, there's some very complicated issues. The way they want to seed um, um, almost, uh, le- let's say, I, I write a piece of music. I have a will. Yeah. Um, I pass all the royalties to my son, let's say. Okay. Mm. Um, if I die... For instance, and the, the publisher is still collecting on my behalf. Yes. The publisher could go to jail. Oh, wow. I mean, and the publisher is how many artists on their books? Yeah,
1: what if, yeah. For, they, for instance, they how know. would they yeah. know?
2: Yeah. Then, um, once. Uh, so the stream would always go to, let's say, my son.
1: So how would that work, though? Would the publisher have to transfer the collection straight to the, the no
2: to the government now? Uh, so uh, and then my uh, son, being the rightful holder of it, government. would tra- have to then try and prove that it belongs to him, and then try and solicit and claim back oh, wow. from government. So That's a little
1: bit more difficult now uh, because uh, you're going to be you know, dealing with government as opposed to corporates well, or a Well, This
2: is the there are a whole bunch of. Um, I mean, I'm I'm saying it in like plain and simple. English, it's far yeah, yeah, more complicated yeah, than that. Yeah, yeah. But those are the, those are the problems that they're doing. They, they're even copyright issues. So, for instance, what they're basically saying is, let's say we're in a pitch situation. We're pitching on a, on a brand for a commercial. When we put our songs forward, what we actually have to do is tell the agency, listen, you can't use these. They don't belong to you. It's, it's always been understood that you, they obviously do not belong to you. Yeah. Mm. But if someone commissions something and you write it for them, they could just go, okay, that's mine now. And you're like, but you haven't bought it. You haven't paid for anything. So how does it belong to you? Yeah. Th- these are the things that they're trying to pass and they make no sense. And but uh,
1: generally, if someone commissions a production, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. So I pay you X amount to produce a song for me for my adverts, right? Yes. Because I pay you for the production and it covers all the costs, uh, you, I then essentially own the master, but you can license me the, the song for a year. Correct. Yeah. So, Basically. so that's how it works right now, right? Absolutely. I own it because I, I pay for the production. But now, are, you, are you saying that they they trying to change that. They're trying to change
2: that, and whoever commissions it will own it outright, including the copyright.
1: And the, li- the license, you don't have to, you everything. Don't oh, it's damn.
2: like. Okay. Y- do you understand what a mm. fundamental flaw that is? That's, that that's will a ruin. Huge problem, yeah, it, you, you're, that's you're understanding a, yeah. exactly where this is going. Yeah, that's a huge It's problem. a massive issue. Because
1: that that license will generally last for a year, where you could renew Correct. it and make another income stream. So if you've got a really good song that ends up being a soundtrack for ten years, that's your that's money. That's that's money. Yeah,
2: and um, that's the way it should Damn. be. It works mm. that way all around the world. Yeah. Now, if you're taking those types of things away from people, it's going to hurt you. It's just like these live streaming services. <laughs> Pharrell Williams wrote Happy, yeah. went onto Pandora, 54 million plays. His publisher, let's get this right, his publisher was paid paid $3,000. A publisher normally takes 25%. Yeah. That means Pharrell only made about $2,100 or for of $54. Million plays. What? W- yes. W- 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 why, why?
1: Why is it? Why is that such a low bound? Because they play, they pay you in such small increments on 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 a on a on a streaming, on a streaming service. service yes. yeah. <laughs> I know a streaming service is something ridiculous. Like a song has to be streamed a thousand five hundred times. I think this is only on Apple Music. Though, I'm not sure, but a thousand five hundred times before it's considered as one song, one purchase. There we go. And that
2: you're understanding the complexity, so 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 by doing all these things, music has actually been downgraded in many ways, it's become the fast food for your ears. Yeah, Mm. it's
1: consumed like that, too. Yes, I mean, you can see the lifespan of music is is Mm. just shorter and shorter every
2: so there's some serious like problems, really. Um, you know, Apple Music, you sell your song, they take 30%, then you've got all your production, you know, um, your your label needs, you, you know. I I've worked in this industry for a while, and I watched EMI when it was like I don't know eighty people go yeah. down to four, and eventually was bought by I think Universal. Yeah. In the end, you know, they bought their entire back catalogue of everything they've ever done for I think seven point 7. seven billion dollars. That's.
1: Mm. But how do we how do we think how do we think about uh, you know what do we think I don't know from from both of your perspectives. Um, you know the the ever growing sort of digital world and the, mm. the interconnected sort of internet and the ability for us to consume music and all these, specifically music, you know, at our disposal, at our disposal when we want, anytime we want. How, how do you think that now affects the way labels in their uh, traditional sense operate? Because oh. I, in in my mind, I see it as a almost a dying model.
2: Yeah, it's me. really difficult and it's so sad because. Um, you know, labels were put in place and I kind of saw them like part bank, part advertising agency where they find great talent and give them the money and be able to market them properly and, you yeah. know, put out something amazing. Um, that model's changed drastically and it actually started changing about 10 years ago. And what they're doing, um, is you're getting almost these music agencies that are signing people to 360 deals. Mm. In other words, what's happening is the artist comes along, they're producing the music, they'll take a small cut there. Then when they tour, all the money the artist used to make on touring, was theirs everything on merchandise? Was theirs now all the sinking, it's all the merchandise, yeah. their name, everything is tied into one deal. Yeah. Because otherwise, and there is a place for record labels. Mm. They're very, very important because they actually protect people as well. Mm. So that's really, really important to to understand. Yeah. But that's the only way they are basically able to survive.
1: The, it, 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 really is. It really is crazy. And and you being so like a writer of music, do, do you feel that there's an element? of um how do, how do i put this I, I, don't, I don't want to sound like i'm being because I, I understand the importance of every sort of role play in the music mm-hmm. industry but do you feel that being a creative being a writer being you know someone that creates something out of nothing that you know signing a 360 or signing to a label is, is, is a somewhat, somewhat of a cop-out somewhat of a um i'm uh you know giving up something which i own i don't know which is very sentimental i know as a creative like you know mm. things like that are very sentimental and you know i don't know the influence that a label sometimes has on the outcome of certain projects and 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 and, and, and songs can it can it be something that uh, that an artist would uh, you know uh, feel like
3: I, th- I think it depends on the artist you know um for instance um nick and myself from the beginning have always done everything you know in the band we've been um you know the marketing department in the band. Yeah. We've been the drummer, the guitarist. We've been like everything, and it's mm, the same. orders, recorders, the producers, yeah. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> and it, it literally, was it was the same when we started our business. You know, I was the accountant for the business. I was client service, and then I would go and write music. Yeah. But as the band has grown and as the business has grown, we've realized that we need to collaborate with people who do what they do, do well, well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so that it can free us up to do what we do well. Yeah. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not an amazing accountant. I'm a great composer. So now I f- focus 100% on composing. I feel you. So I, I don't think it's a cop out. I think it's very necessary at the right stage. I think if you're a, if you're a young composer and you've got a whole catalogue of songs and you haven't you know, marketed them to the world, I think it's a wrong decision to go and hand them all over to, ignorantly hand them over to a label yeah. and say, do your thing because yeah. they're going to take advantage because yeah. they're trying to scrape um, every penny from everything that they can, yeah. you know, and unfortunately, a lot of young guys do get taken advantage of yeah. and I think you've just got to be smart and the, mo- the more you can do yourself, the better because as you do more yourself, you learn, yeah. you learn more about the industry and then you move on. I think
1: that's what, that's what I was just going to sort of uh, close off with is that I think, in this space if you really want to make money and become millionaires in the music industry you've got to try and own as much of your product and Mm. as much of your process as possible so Mm. if you're able to set yourself up in terms of owning publishing owning X, Y, and Z but having strategic relationships like with a specific company that can do your collection or your administration like a distribution deal like you know if if you can position yourself where you have these strategic relationships based on percentage splits that you still own the majority of you kind of put yourself in a position to succeed. Mm. Yeah. It's it's when you put yourself and I've seen it happen to artists often is when they when it's flipped around and they do get that dodgy deal and that bad um package or whatever it may be, even though it looked good initially, they end up hating what they do because mm-hmm. they don't they can't feed themselves with it. And it just becomes a very sad yeah. creative drain. You know, so I think yeah, I think I what I've learned from you guys is is to kind of own As much as you possibly can and do as much as you possibly can in house Mm -hmm. and then make these strategic sort of relationships, right? Yeah,
2: correct. I mean, there's like Paul said, there's, there's so many, it's so complicated. You really do need a good team. Mm -hmm. For instance, it took us three years to try and find the right publisher. Three years it took That's us. That's crazy, yeah. Um, and we did it within the three years because we understood that a publisher could still collect three years back. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. so we literally interviewed and, and went and met so, so many people and we ended up finding an, uh, an amazing, um, team, you mm. know, that, that, back us and believe in us and i mean we approached it in a very professional manner um we said to him what do you need from us exactly every we ex- time yeah, yeah. executed it yeah. given them a format that they've actually used for other composers now because nice. that's the way we are nice. um and we said sure go for it educate people yeah. mm. you know you're stronger together we're we're in this industry and what we what we are definitely not trying to do is there's a pie that's only so big um what we're trying to do is make the pie bigger. Yeah, I was about to say you, you
1: try to grow the category and not, not exactly. just the market that you operate mm, in. That's it. The because idea of growing just the selfish. category. selfish. And what yeah. you'll
2: end up doing is once that pie is gone, there is nothing else. Yeah. So you've got to make enough yeah. for everyone. You've got yeah. to educate
0: people.
1: If the industry lives, we all we, we all grow absolutely you know what i mean yeah. yeah
0: probably just um coming back to the uh, to the business side of yeah. things um and maybe looking at it in a in a general approach let's say for instance i have a business it, it might not be exactly your business but um because you started a business at at young ages as friends and grew and grew and mm-hmm. and, and even competed at at a certain a, a stage and now you guys are together there are certain things that you might have learned and and one of the things um probably the first thing that you've already mentioned is that um, your the quality of your business and how fast you grow is primarily determined by the quality of people you let in through the front door, yeah. the type of people that you allow to come and work with you. That's mm-hmm. very important. And then the next thing is... Um, how how challenging was it because i know that in the beginning you you did everything yourself but eventually you needed to get quality people to do certain tasks for you so that you guys can move uh in a in a better pace because now in the beginning you're a jack of all trades you're doing this you're doing the calls you do you run the call center you the receptionist <laughs> you the boss you the you know you exactly the exactly right. and and it's and it's very strenuous but now you um as a young person that that is thinking let me employ someone to work with me but now you're nervous because what if i can't afford to pay them you know what if they you know um You try to work on a per hour rating, but now this person wants to work longer hours, but you're not sure if you're going to make that money to pay these people. Now, let's go through that process. I want to know, um, when is it the right time to add a new member onto the team, um, so that you, you can, you know, and how do you know when, um, you will be able to afford them? Do you, do you say, I'm sure if if this month we if this month we push, we will make some money and I'll be able to pay you. But if we don't push, then I won't be able to pay you. So, or, mm. or do you first wait until you're making so much money that you are able to pay someone, and then you say, okay, cool, come in. I do have the money to pay you. Yeah. But but isn't it a challenge because when are you going to get to that stage if yeah. you're running slower because you're doing everything on your own?
2: Yeah, mm. that's a really really good question. Um, I mean. I'll tell you my take on it. Yeah. My take's quite simple. Um, you've got to be realistic about what's coming in. Yeah. We've kind of given ourselves a rule that we need at least enough money in the bank to float our business for three months, at least. Mm. Um, when you're there, you've got a bit of a, a, a cushion. Okay? So that's that's one of the things that I would advise. Yeah. The second thing is when someone comes into the business and you're thinking of it and you're a small shop, what we've realized is – Bring someone in that adds value. Mm. That's a massive point. Someone must come in and better what you do. If I look at Paul, um, you know, at some point I was composing music, but I look at Paul and he complimented me in every single way. I needed someone that had the strength um, to be able to push through some of the harder briefs and understand it and, and kind of put out what people wanted in a sense Paul needed someone like me that could interface with the clients that was more, more business minded and so on. Um, Craig, who's our other business partner, is, is very technical in a sense, yeah. so so and very trend driven. So he'll come in and say, "Guys, we need this the, this plugin. It's like the best thing I've ever seen. It's going to yeah. change
0: everything!" Ah!
2: <laughs> you know, and we're like, "Okay, dude, let's take a look at it." So everyone's serving a, a, a purpose, and you know, we kind of accent each other. Um, and drive each other in a, in a different way, so I would think whoever comes in must add value mm.
3: I mean the way we always viewed it is don 't grow the business just for the sake of growing the business. if we can keep it small, yeah, then keep it small, you know, and only when the demand is great enough that we're going like, guys, we're, we're almost like splitting at the seams here. We need someone to come and fill a position and fill a role and add value like Nick says. Then it's the right time to actually start bringing people in, you know, because yeah. otherwise you can end up end up in a position where, like you say, you, you're going like, wow, I've got this guy, I'm paying him a salary, but he's sitting around for half the day doing nothing, you know. Yeah. So we're, we're very, very um, particular when it comes to hiring people. I mean, they go through a very str- stringent um, – Hiring process, they sit with uh, um, the director. They the directors, then they come and sit with the producers, and then they sit with the whole team. You know, and culture is a very, very big thing for us. So when we hire people, it's not only about um, the quality of their their skills. You know, can you write a song or can you f- fulfill this purpose? You have to be a team player and you have to fit into our very unique culture. Yeah, and we're a we're a young company, young bunch of people, and we were very unique you know and not many people kind of fit into that culture so it's important for us to get the right person and the right person for 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 the job as in like composing or doing what they have to do and fitting in with the culture you know yeah
0: wow Gentlemen, thank you very much. We've learned quite a lot from you guys. And, uh, I mean, you guys should come here more often, man. Yeah, be we, awesome. <laughs> we love it. Yeah. Yeah. There's always something to learn. And these guys, as I told you, are the, uh, the owners of audio militia. Can I call you owners? Yeah. yeah sure. Owners <laughs> is fine. <laughs> okay. <not>? Cool. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, you guys are growing really well. There's a, a new studio coming up pretty soon. You guys yeah. are building, you're expanding. It's really great and inspiring. Started at 22. You guys saying you, how, how long has it been now? 13 years?
2: Yeah, well, we've known each other um, 13 years, so we've been yeah. playing in a band. Paul started a, li- a little younger on his kind of quest. Yeah. I started when I was 26. Okay. So it's been nine years for me and I think about 10 years for Paul yeah. And, yeah, in so the music industry. 10
0: years in the game, you're yeah. still, I mean, like 20, uh, 32 right now. You're mm. t- turning 32 pretty soon. And it's just been amazing. It's great, guys. It's Thank it's you. it's inspiring, and I think um, it it asks it makes us ask the question: What are you doing with your friends? You know, are you guys starting a business? Are you guys, you know, what what are you doing with your friends? Yeah. Look at the squad around you and and uh, see if they're ambitious mm. as these gentlemen are ambitious. And who knows? You might just be sitting here with a suit like this gentleman right here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so so much, gentlemen. Thanks for and having uh, until next time. Shop,
4: shop, This is CliffCentral.com. <speaking> 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 yeah. Yeah. You ain't shit, but am a mascot man. I keep it real, I pull the mascot Got a nigga who's a fat ass guy Cause he's you all your pretty baddies He telling me this in the valley Upe you pinky, and I love the cocoa And your Fresh is bringing This is actually Umseti, always got the swag, right? So these bitches never act, right? They just wanna give it to my nigga I just heard a saying, fuck the red light Oh God, and he's wearing a red top To the event No, tell him we write a different kind of flow They send their ratchet asses to the devil for now i Flags. Get it. It's even the What? Coin mean one man pen man!
0: One man pen man! <laughs> wow, so we're here with Maraza! Yeah, good to be here. Yeah, yeah, yeah! Yeah! But we need a lot of fun. I did, but that's
4: not a business.
0: <laughs> okay okay now this was an energetic start yes
4: super
1: fantastic dope intro man thank you so
4: much (laughs) (laughs) um hashtag you need to see maraza live my 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 live performances actually yeah i you know i'd like to think so yeah yeah at the risk of sounding cocky yeah all right but yeah i mean if you you can't sell something to people when you're not sure of it. Yeah. But yeah. you've been so, doing
1: this for a long time, bro. Yeah, you, man. You, you've been, you've been pushing for a long time. It's
4: been a minute. I, I, I was at um, a meeting today with, with a big major record label and they're like, you need to bring out your day ones, you know, for, for your day one fans at the listening session. I'm like, my day one fans are pensioners. They're not going. <laughs> <laughs> That's how long yeah. I've yeah. been doing this for so long, you know, but, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, this is officially my 10th year. I mean, I, I, wow. I, I was on radio for the first time in 2006. Yeah. But, you know i feel like this is yeah for me you know emotionally spiritually as far as the energy and creativity it feels like my first year yeah, you know what i'm saying yeah, because yeah. i i was so, i beca- i went into the mainstream yeah. when i started rapping yeah. you know so i didn't have a run up to that yeah. so i feel like my run up was to a certain degree in the public eye
1: yeah yeah, I feel you. So, but it's, it's almost like it's a, it's a, it's a rejuvenated you. It's like a new you. It's a new space. It's a new, yeah, it's a, it's a new yeah day. So yeah. like that's why it feels like it's your first, it's your first year. Like, yeah, But it's yeah, crazy yeah. when people will say like, oh, like Maraza, like on the come up, or like Maraza on. The, but it's like, yo, bro, I've been pushing. Like you've been yeah, doing this thing. Yeah. Like you've you been know what I'm out there. Yeah. And so
4: I, 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 it apparently it takes sorry to catch you. Apparently nah. it takes like uh, ten years to make an artist. Yeah. You know? mm. And that's where I'm at now. I remember the first time I heard Ricky Rick which was in. 05 or 07 He had a DVD out mm. With like some stuff That he had done In the US And whatnot Or whatever sure. And I, I know He had been traveling And he had been doing it For quite a while mm. And you know Ricky Rick Blew up about I'd say Safely say Two years ago last year Yeah know? yeah So yeah it, it makes perfect sense I mean for me I feel like People are about to get the best version of Maraza they've ever heard. You know, That's those dope. who think they know me from back then actually don't. And you know, it, what it creates is a problem where people say, "Yeah, but you've gone quiet. What? You, mm. Why did you leave?" I'm like, "Yo, I never left. <laughs> Do you know how difficult it is to be in this game? Yeah. You know, I came in way too early. You know, mm. I think. But I mean, God is great, and you know, here I am." Rejuvenated, and there's new kids now. There's you know faster internet in South Africa, yeah. so yeah. <laughs> so I I can stream my HD music videos better, you know. And yeah. and there's kids who are hearing me for the first time this year. I mean, yeah. the hip hop scene mm-hmm. is has just been rejuvenated so much, and I I couldn't have been blessed with a better time
1: to come yeah. back yeah. into it. Sound sound wise, though, um, when I listen when I listen to your music, you 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 kind of remind me a bit of Jr. in in certain ways. Like you you've got a very similar. A very similar style. Um, Yeah. Did you, did, is there any influence there or is it just by chance? You mean did I influence Jr? No, either possible. Either way, either yeah, way, either way. But yeah, I, mean, I mean, I'm not. When I say influence, it's a bit. It's a bit of a strong word. It's more like you know. I think every single artist draws inspiration, inspiration. from yeah. from inspiration. different artists. Let, let you me know tell I mean? you, no know, influence
4: yeah. is not a strong word at all. You know, apart from me and Jr. Both being very short and squeaky voiced, um, <laughs> we're also big fans of of music. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. am. I am a Jr. Fan. Yeah. You know, obviously, I don't know if you know about the whole thing that's been going on recently with his song Four Four and my song. Like the kids are saying. And, you know He he bit my style Or he bit from my style
1: Oh in the part yeah. Where you guys talk It breaks And there's like a little part There's a, there's a very similar There was a very similar vibe there. Yeah, yeah in the part yeah.
4: Where I talk And it breaks yeah, And same then as, he has yeah, that part yeah, As well yeah, But hmm. I am a fan of JR And yes There is influence You know what I'm saying hmm. I mean um I'm a big fan Of South African music Man I consider my album Like this year One of the most South African And one of the most African sounding hip hop albums that's going to come out. So, mm. obviously, you cannot say you're a rapper in 2016 and you were not influenced in some way by Squatter Camp, JR, TXS, um, you know, uh, uh, Abozola, some legendary, and those people. proverbs, yeah. and pro, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I started listening to JR a long time ago, mm. and he's, he, I've actually always felt that JR was probably the one rapper. Who was as musical as I was? Obviously, people didn't know it at that time yeah. because they were not hearing the music yeah. I was making. But yeah. you know that when you hear more of my album, you'll see even more similarities. Yeah. So to be compared to Jr. for me is is an honor.
1: Yeah, because he's he's a, he's a musical, he's a very musical head. He's he, a very talented yeah, hit, he's, you know. He's got a very good uh, like musical palette. you know. Yeah, and I can just hear yeah. It's because I, when I listen to the music and I listen to your sound, I, I I can pick up those like sounds, and it also you can also hear the. The years. you, you yeah. know, Cause sometimes, you know, like if, if somebody listens to you for the first time, I'd be like, Oh, Maraza, oh, this is a new artist. But if someone listens to hip hop and, mm. and understands hip hop, you can hear that. No, but you can hear this guy's been grinding for a minute now. Yeah. Like he's been making music. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. So that, that maturity in the, in the, in the, in the sound is, yeah. is, you know, I picked that up too. That's also kind of like much. the, the angle. Yeah. It
4: gives me quite a, quite a conundrum though, because I'm, you know, I, I was, in 08, 09, when I was doing MC Africa and all of those things, yeah. I was like the youngest guy in the game, mm. right? So I'm too young to be an OG, but I'm <laughs> too OG for the young, movies, young... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like, I, it, I remember, you know, especially late last year, I was trying to find my place in, in what's currently happening in the yeah. game right now. Because mm. when, I was a, when I was the youngest rapper, excuse me, I was the only one. Yeah. Now there's like a dozen Of young rappers making hectic waves, you know what I'm saying, and then at the same time, you know, I, I still can't position myself with the slickers and. And the, the double HPs yeah. and whatnot, cause they were my seniors even yeah. back then. Yeah. But now, so I think I found a, a, a really comfortable space for myself. Uh, the first trick was I just, I went and got married. So I just forget about the clubs
0: wow. and the bad
4: bitches, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I just forget about those girls. They're not for me. They're for, you know, they're for, they're for the kids. They're so how, how do you
0: cope with it? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of ladies that throw themselves to you. You'd be surprised, B. Yeah.
4: It's not that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, th- I thought I was killing it. I mean, I've got this V and Richie, and this, you know. No. Nope. <laughs> Ironically, though, uh, I, I got I got a bit more female attention when I got married. I don't know. I think maybe some women have this thing like, oh, this guy's married. Now uh-huh. he's out. He's devoted. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's devoted. He's got a wife that is faithful too. He can do that to me. All I have to do is get rid of his wife.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's that's crazy. Right? But it's crazy. I've heard a couple of friends say that, that, um, once you get married, yeah, yeah, yeah. more people target you now.
4: Yeah, true. And my, my I mean, my daughter's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. So you get girls like, oh, I want a baby like this. I'm like, okay, well, good luck.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, no, exactly like this. Sure, okay, sure, sure. But exactly You should give me a baby like this. <laughs> Listen, it's not gonna happen. I didn't make her on my own. You
0: know? Shout out. Yeah. So, so tell us, in terms of your music and and, and the way forward. I mean, you've just released a, a bang over a track, and everybody's loving it. I mean, it's yeah. it's making people go crazy. What's what's next for for Maraza? What's what's going forward?
4: Yo, can I like you know? I've 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 found such comfort in honesty, man. You know, it's so e- it's much easier to keep up when you, when you don't remember what lies you told. Yeah. In, on the last That's true. You know, and I'm just, I'm fucking happy.
1: Mm. You know yeah. what I'm saying?
4: Yeah. Um, more than anything, um, I, I remember last night, I just, I, I did a verse and I was like, um, I, I didn't need the 10K I got from major league. All I needed was the audience. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Yeah. You know, um, you're getting these shows like, um, particularly Major League Gardens. I was like, thousands of people.
1: Yeah, that was know? crazy, and that apparently the response insane. was insane from the crowd. Right?
4: Oh man, it was amazing just Power. to hear people. Yeah. When I say "fall off," and they all go "guan," yeah. at wow. the same time, and I'm, for some reason, a lot of girls know my verses. That's crazy. Yeah, they know bar for bar on <laughs> guan.
3: Yeah. You know
4: what I'm saying? And it still doesn't translate into funny business, so I'm sure. thankful. Sure. Um, but. I'm really, really happy to be here, man More than anything I just want to release more music I want to release the, the, the music That shows the diversity of Maraza Because sure. as much as Guan is a huge record it is Guan doesn't define me as an artist And I think you'll find that more of my music takes longer to get used to but once you're hooked on it you know it it lasts with you longer because that's 100. the music i grew up on you know i grew up on singles that that climbed for 4 months 6 months then became huge for a year then sure. went back down you know and not now where music is so it's got such a short sh- shelf life but f- you know for me being here I really want to revolutionize uh, The stories we tell I really want to revolutionize The music we make And by music I mean sonically I mean I mean in terms of What you put in the music And what you put in the video And what you put in your message In the interviews You know Um, I have to carry The things that I talk about You know I, I can't say things In my music That I'd be Uncomfortable answering when you ask me, yeah, you know. Yeah. But also live performance. I've got this concert performance I call the One Man Band Man, mm-hmm. where it's me on stage with uh what three three keyboards, drum machine, loop recorders, about three different microphones, and I literally compose, produce, and make music by myself on stage live.
1: What and rap? Yeah. So sing so, rap from scratch. From scratch. Oh, that's crazy! Yeah,
4: I call it the one man band man, and and I think I'm the first rapper to do it in, in the world. Yeah, definitely in the world. There's some of my idols who do it. We all gather, draw inspiration from somewhere. Some of my idols do it in pop music, and I I I really want to to reinvent the performance wheel in South Africa. I really want to create my own lane where it's not just it's not a listening session. You know yeah. if I'm just gonna be in front of you reciting word for word you may as well slip on your headphones and listen to the song yeah I want to create experiences yeah you
1: know you want to add a little bit more to a, to the live element so it's yeah like, it's an entire experience, it's like, an entire experience. What, What's dope is like what I, what I like about that is it also shows like you see like for me hip hop as a culture is like let's rap you know what I'm saying let's let's make music yeah. let's 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 rap like if 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 we say if, if you can stand on stage make a beat and rap like right there. Dog, yeah. that's hip hop. Like same as same as if someone just drops a beat and says, "Yo, rap," and, and you yeah. rap like yeah. rap. You know what I'm saying? Not like, this thing
4: of, "Nah, uh, can you give me a slow up for what?" you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> let's let's move. Let's let's. What m- we should do it before the show ends. <laughs> Put on a beat I've never heard, <laughs> end, <laughs> and I'm gonna rap.
1: Okay? <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? So that that culture is what we got to. that's culture is what we got to bring yeah. back. Yeah. Like, yeah. Real hip hop. Real yeah. hip hop. Real 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 African vibe. You know? All yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah.
4: yeah. And I'm so, so glad you you said that's what real hip hop is because I don't. You know, people will be like, oh, man, Young Thug is not real hip hop. But, you know, at some point, um, the conscious rappers were frowned upon. Yeah Because hip hop didn't start conscious Nah yeah. At some point the conscious rappers were like Ah you guys are conscious Yeah Why are you talking about these problems yeah. People came to the club to forget the problems Now you are exporting their problems to the club You know And so I think we should let it evolve man We should yeah. let it evolve But at the same time What would be real hip hop Is if you can drop a beat for Young Thug at any moment And, and you can, can rap. rap about anything that, That's hip
1: hop That's, that's Hip hop has many faces that's, exactly. that's the thing Cool stuff well, Mine oh. is not
4: one of the most handsome But neither, <laughs> neither is his you know?
0: For sure well, well, off air, we're going to be rapping with Maraza right here to this very beat. Thank you so, so much for listening. This has been Unplugged and In Charge right here on cliffcentral.com. Until next time, have a great one. Cliffcentral.com.